Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDb credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actor Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but not only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students. And I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. I am super excited to introduce my guest. He's a veteran actor with over 37 movies over 250 television appearances. He's worked with some of the biggest directors in Hollywood, like Steven Spielberg, Robert Zemeckis, Michael Bay, David Mamet, Guillermo del Toro, Anton Fuqua, George Clooney, just to name a few. I want to welcome the extremely talented Max Martini to the podcast. Welcome to the show, brother. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So, you know, I created this podcast to inspire young artists to follow their dreams, right? If a kid like me could come out to Hollywood at 18 with 200 bucks in my pocket, a one-way ticket, didn't know a soul out here, and make the dream a reality, then why can't the listener out there, right? Mm -hmm. If a guy like you can come out from, where'd you come out, New York? New York, yeah. And and make the dream a reality. I mean, you are, you're, you're playing with all the big boys, you know, the A-list, you're there. You've made the dream a reality. I mean, I, I looked at your your IMDb. I mean, it's it's crazy on who you've worked with. I mean, you've it's amazing. So I wanted to kind of pick your brain and know, like, how first off, how did you know? When did you know you wanted to become an actor? Well, you know, uh, let's see. I so I, I, I'll go back a little bit. Um, my dad, my father, my biological father uh, was an artist. He was a sculptor. From Italy, from Rome, Italy. I was born in New York. Uh, he was living in New York at the time. And when he and my mother separated, my mother remarried uh, an actor, writer, director, producer. So I had an intro uh, just by virtue of my mother uh, marrying into uh, you know that the business. So so my stepfather would kind of you know when he was directing something he'd go hey run over there and say this i mean i never really had it there was never an intention to plant any seeds or you know but he would throw me into scenes occasionally which just i think you know uh to show me a good time so how old were you uh, i'm very young like probably uh 10. okay 11 12. so Continued school, never, you know, it, it didn't really become anything. And then I, I started acting be, well, out of high school. But when I say I started acting, I got an, I, I got an agent, uh, you know, not a very good one, was huh. going out on auditions, not getting any bites. And, uh, and it was very frustrating. And so I went, I, I, I stopped and I went back to college and I got my degree in fine arts. And when I got out of uh, university in New York City, I got an audition to, uh, to for a movie, a big one. And because I had quit acting 
And because I wasn't so invested emotionally in, 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 in succeeding, I booked this film. And, and I think there's some value in that. Maybe we'll talk about it, but it's, uh, but I got this movie and, uh, and I never looked back. I never went back. I, it just, it started this chain of events and, and I ended up in LA and the casting woman said, you got to stay here. This is a big opportunity. And so I moved and, and here I am, uh, 30 years later still. So what, what film was that? That was uh, contact. Wow. It was Jody Foster, Robert Zemeckis directed it, Matthew McConaughey, James Woods, bunch of, you know, big, big. Uh, so did you did you get your SAG card on, on that or did you already have your SAG card? Uh, I think I got my SAG card on that, probably. I might have had it. This is going back a ways, but uh, no, I think I might have had it. Maybe, yeah. maybe I had to, you know. Not, not, not a bad first film. Yeah, it was a pretty good first game. Yeah. Very cool. Well, you know, let's talk about that. You know, not, not caring, going into an audition, like not trying to get anything, going in there freed up, like, you know, I'm just going to go have some fun. You know, there, there's, uh, there's an energy to that, that, you know, I, I know for me, I mean, I've been doing this, you know, I got my SAG card in 1985. So I've been around the block a few times. And I know when I, those projects where I was just going in just to have some fun, I didn't care. I wasn't desperate because yeah. they can smell desperation a mile away. Yeah. You know, they can smell fear a mile away. But when you go in there and you've made some big choices and you're, you know, playing, then that's just a com completely different energy. And I, you know, I teach my actors that all the time is go in there and have fun, make some big choices and play. Yeah. So you going in there and not being like, oh, I got to get this job just to go in there and go is probably why what frees you up in that room. This is this is I, I liken it to a golf swing, right? The the more relaxed you are, the 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 easier you swing, the straighter your ball and the further it goes, right? And when you try to crush it, you shank it. And this is kind of uh, the, <laughs> this was like a lesson that you know I had to I had to quit because. I didn't understand that. And every time I got an audition, I'd go in and I'd try to hit a home run. And, you know, I'd try to, I'd, to come in with these big performances. And, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, I did a movie. I did a movie for um, for John Dahl uh, one time. And, uh, and I, I, you know, I had this idea for this scene. It was like the one kind of meaty scene that I had in this movie, and I wanted to make make a meal out of it. And he was like, "Max, it's you know, you're, it, this isn't television. This is like you're on a massive screen. You don't have to do anything. Just communicate. Hmm. Just communicate the intention, and and it's going to be amazing. Stop trying to, you know. So I, so I think the 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 less that I did, I I did make choices though. Like I make interesting choices, and I try to and I try to not make obvious choices. So I usually try to do the least obvious uh, thing. But 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 yeah, the more I think the key is relaxation and not really. In desperation, not not becoming in desperate because the because uh, you're right. You can't relax if you're desperate, and and I there's something about that that that's a it's um, a repellent. Yeah, I mean that's great direction. I, I, you know, you're enough. You don't have to do anything. Keep it right. simple. Just just right. 
communicate, just, you know, listen, react, just be in the moment. Don't, don't try to act, you know, keep try to act. This is, that's actually, that's the advice that I give every young actor that asked me, you know, if I could tell them what, you know, what, what, what was the key to, to working in the business? It's just don't act. Don't try to act, be, be natural. David Mamet, well, I did a movie for him. And awesome. It was an amazing experience. But, but I mean, the, the, so my scene was the first scene, day one, first scene up of the film. And uh, and he goes, okay, so it was me and Chiwetel Ejiofor and a bunch of actors, and we're all standing around, we have our sides. And he goes, okay, let's let's just say the words. I had the first line of the thing. I, I, I literally opened my mouth and he goes, no, 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 no. Don't, don't put anything into it. Everything that you need is on the page. Now, I think it's a little extreme, but, but, but there's, you know, that's the extreme. That's the, if you take what we're talking about to the extreme, that's, that's kind of mammoth style, right? Is not yeah. to do much is to really just kind of, listen and say the you know and and say the words that he's given you stand on your mark and say the words yeah yeah i got a great piece of advice i once went into an audition for uh bobby moresco academy award winner bobby right so it was it was for his tv series falcone and it was you know wise guy show in new york city and i came into you know to new york to read and, you know, I came in and I had, you know, the wife feet on. I had a toothpick in my mouth. I was, you know, playing up the New York accent. And then Bobby in the middle of the world said, hold, come here, Billy. Come here, come here. He says, what are you doing? And I go, what? He goes, you don't have to do all that. You have that naturally. That's who you are. Don't, don't do any of that. Get rid of that. And I was like, oh. he said, you're enough. And I, I went, oh, wow, I'm enough. Yeah. And I got it. I was the great, greatest piece of direction I ever got, man. So don't do anything, man. You already that's you already have that. That's in your essence. That's who you are. My second audition, big. So my second meeting after first meeting after contact was uh, was Saving Private Ryan was was Spielberg, and I, I remember getting the the audition and going. There's no way that I am going to get this. Like, and I went in. And I didn't do anything. I didn't do it. I, it. I was like, this is so ridiculous that I'm even in this room. And I, you know, I went in and, you know, I, and I, I mean, I came in with the right intentions, but I definitely did not think in a million years I was going to get this job. And I got it. And it just, and, I, and, and it really like, it was that moment that I went, oh my God, this is, it's that easy. And that's what they're looking for. And I, and I've been a director on the other side now, and I've been, so I've directed my uh, two features. That's awesome. Congrats. I love it. It's, 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 it's something I, I may uh, uh, love it more than acting. I, I really like, there's something about it. It's so creative, but I, but being on the other side of the table mm. and looking for actors that, that, you know that 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 are going to be an asset to your story, and that you, you that you want to work with, that are collaborative, right? That have personalities that you want to spend two months with. Yeah, it's all these factors, right? If you know, you could be a great actor, but if you come in and and you're not personable, 
why would they want to do a series with you? You know what I mean? Oh, it's like, no. so you, you have, you know, you have these sort of these opportunities in the room or on Zoom now to like show them who you are, show them how personable you are and then and then showcase your talent. And it's it's very interesting being on the other side, picking the right people. And, you know, on that note, here's another thing that I say to young actors is that you can't take the rejection personally because my first movie, uh, I was given a list of actors to choose from, right? And on that list was were three columns, four columns, A, B, C, and YouTube sensations, okay? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And so the, it's formulaic the way they put this together. You can choose one actor from column A and you'll get your financing. You can choose two actors from column B and one actor from column C and you'll get your financing. Three actors from column C and one YouTube star, star and you'll get your financing. So the, a lot of these companies use this kind of formula to recoup their 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 initial investment, right? Uh, as a safeguard and 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 it's very frustrating so you know sometimes you're auditioning guys that if you get your actor from column a you can cast these guys as supporting leads right but this is this is who you know the, the, there's the actors that you want there's the actors that are being kind of forced down your throat so it's it, it, if you happen to lose doubt to an actor you know from column b that it, it's just you never know why you're not getting the job. And it has sometimes it has zero to do with your, with your audition. That could have been the most brilliant audition they'd seen, you know, but you can't, you can't let it affect you and your confidence and your ability to relax in front of people or in a room and, and, and perform right to your utmost ability. That's, that's great advice. You know, I mean, I've been on the other side of the table too. And, you know, it's a great, uh, as, as an actor, you know, just to know walking, you know, when you have those actors walking into the room, their energy, you know, their behavior, it's all every they're judging you like from the moment you walk into the room, you know, so so it's it's not about you. It's 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 a business. And, and you know, X plus Y equals Z. So, you know, just know that going in there, your, your only job is to 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 have fun in there. Yeah. You know? I mean, they want you to win like they, yeah, they're, they're on your you. side. Sure. Right? They but want you to succeed. Yeah. I mean, they, they have a problem. Right. Here's the solution. Exactly. That's it. You got to go into the, you, they have a problem. I'm the solution. That's it. You're welcome. I've done all the work. I've, 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 I've outworked everybody. I've, I know my backstory, my, my character. I know, you know, his childhood. I know, you know, what he's got in his pockets. I know where he's coming from. I know where he's going. I, you know, I've got an animal, you know, I mean, I don't know your approach to the craft, but you know, it's choices, 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 yeah. you know, talent lies within your choices. The bigger, the bolder, the stronger your choices, the more fun you're going to have when you're coming into the room, because now it's not like, Oh, I, Oh, I hope you like me or please, I really need this job it's like you know you're welcome no you have you really have to be a warrior you know it's you need a warrior spirit to succeed in 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 hollywood and and it's it's the most amazing business in the world if you you know when you get there but it but it's getting there you really have to be determined you have to constantly be working on your craft and and so that you're prepared 
right? When you get an audition with 24 hours notice that, you know, you can do these, that you know how to learn an accent, you know, in 24 hours, you know how to make these, you know, I have a list of, of questions that I used to use was an actor breaking down a character and, you know, where, where is he coming from? Where is he going? What does he want? I'm sure you do all this stuff. And, and, you know, and, and what, and what, what, what's the journey, right? If it's not on the page, what journey am I going to create for this guy? Right. What are his obstacles? What is What are his triumphs? What are his, you know, so it, it, it you know, it, it's just being prepared and, and having thick skin. I mean, I've been, I, I was given a pilot, uh, I auditioned four or five times, right, for a, an Amazon show. And Shane Black was directing it. They gave me the show. And I went to New Mexico. I got did makeup tests and camera tests and started, you know, rehearsing on horseback and weapons training and this and that as a Western. And uh, uh, got fired at the table reading, right? Went back to my my hotel room. Went. I called my manager. I said, I, I don't know what's happening, but uh, everyone's ignoring me. And you know, I I think the reading went really poorly. But I'm going to tell you, like there was, I was the only actor in the room. They had brought in all these readers, so there wasn't much I could do, you know, with these guys. So, but uh, and then uh, went to Shane Black. Said, hey, what you know? What what is happening? What's going on? I was your guy, and he said, well, they said, they're not feeling, you know, they're not feeling it. The table read didn't go like they planned. I was like, well, get, let me win it back. Get a camera. Let's go in the room. Come on, you chose me. Like, let's give them. What do they tell me? What they want? And we went into an office and we recorded this thing for about two and a half hours, and I won it back. Wow. And then it was, dude. I mean, it's no, I can't like. It, it, it's so crazy, but that experience of getting the lead in my own series, a Western, a bucket list show job for me, right? Losing it in the room, that could have crushed me had I let it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I, it, that warrior mentality, like, it's, I'm not going down like this. And, and I went back in and I want it back, you know, and uh, love that. So you got, yeah, it's just like you just have to have that fierce uh, determination and confidence in yourself. And, and Did you always have that? Or was this something that, you know, I mean, when you first started going out on auditions, did you get nervous going into the room? I, I started to get confident when probably it, during the filming of contact like I, I i did i didn't have that confidence but i think like when you're across from somebody like jody foster when you're acting with somebody that that and and you're and you're hit you're, you're you know you're returning service right and so now you're in this match with this with actor that you have so much respect for and you're holding court you know, it, it it gives you a little bit of mm. maybe I can do this. Maybe there's a stop yeah. in this business, you know, like and then, uh, you know, and then I figured out kind of this private Ryan started this kind of, uh, you know, uh, chain of uh, events and that I was getting all these like military films. Right. And and uh, 
And I was like, okay, well, I get, so they like me to play this guy. And then I was like, how do I kept thinking, how do I rework this? How do I make this character vulnerable? Like, how do I, what's, what's the not, the not so obvious way to interpret, you know, this guy. Right. Love that. Yeah. So like I did a military series for Mammoth, not the movie I was telling you about, but I did a show for four years for him called the unit. And, uh, I had this really conflicted kind of tortured guy that we created a uh, character that we created. And then, you know, I did 13 hours and I did captain Phillips and I did, you know, they're all soldiers, but I, but I, you know, but I think that I bring a bit of humanity to these guys that are barking orders. And I try to show some, uh, you know, inner uh, conflict, I guess, you know, turmoil. Well, you know, I got to tell you, I, I, you know, I kind of looked at your work and, you know, I had seen your work before, but I, I, you know, I've seen your face, you know, but I didn't really know your work and I watched your work and I'm, I got to tell you, I mean, I was blown away because that's what you're bringing is you're bringing this, this hard shell, right? A military guy, but you're exposing the vulnerability, the pain of the character. And, and that's a beautiful thing. I mean, tell my actors all my, all the time is your, your vulnerability is your strength. I mean, you had some beautiful emotional stuff, you know, tears in your eyes. And it's just like most of the guys reading for the military, role, they're going to play that one note military hoorah, you know, guy, but you're giving, you're giving them something else. You're giving them the humanity, giving them the pain, the guy who's been through war that's seen his, his, you know, friends, you know, die in, in war you know, and, and come back kind of damaged. And so, I mean, there's, there's some beautiful, beautiful work. So I applaud you, your work. Bravo. So nice. Thanks. Yeah. But you know, that's cool. I mean, you, you know, let's talk about that. I mean, it's castability, you know, for a young actor coming into town, you got to know, you know, it's, it's a business, you're a product, you're selling a product to Hollywood. You got to know what you're selling. Okay. And like, you know, I know for me, when I first came out to Hollywood at 18, I knew what I was selling. I was a street kid from Brooklyn who, you know, was running around the streets, ran away from home at 15. I was running, doing stupid shit. Well, when I came out to Hollywood, I knew that's what I was selling. I was selling that guy. So, you know, I went from doing that shit on the streets to doing it on television and getting paid for it, you know, and then, you know, and TV land, you can wipe off the blood. You know, I mean, when I was running the streets, you know, my seeing my friend get shot in the head in front of me, there's no take two, you know? So literally that, you know, moments like that in my life changed my life. And I said, you know what, I'm, I got to get out of here. I'm going to be an actor. And, but when I came out to Hollywood, People told me, you know, you got to get rid of that New York accent. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I was like, fuck no, this is who I am. This is my castability. And that's what made me work. And, you know, I played every juvenile delinquent, troublemaker, tough guy. You know, I played them all. You know, but you did the same. I mean, you found, you know, after Saving Private Ryan, you found your niche. You found that thing that, you know, you're playing these war heroes. So do you feel like knowing your castability has helped you as an actor? I think, I mean, what you said something really important, you know, and it's, it's, it's the understanding that this is a business, right. And, and, and know what you're selling. Right. So look, I mean, I think I'm capable of playing all kinds of characters. Right. And, you know, I've done comedies that nobody's ever seen. You know, I think I'm hilarious. Nobody else does. You know what I mean? But it's, but, <laughs> but I know that I'm capable of doing more than what I've been given the opportunity to do a lot. 
I do get asked to do a, a whole, you know, array of different characters and personalities. But what I would say, you know, uh, as a as a piece of advice is know what you're what you're a slam dunk for, right? Because here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to miss out on the golden years. You don't want to spend 20 years in Hollywood fighting for you know, characters that uh, you can play, but that you you really are going to have to sell to people because no one is going to see you in those shoes, mm -hmm. you know, immediately, right? So my advice would be like, just attack the roles that are easy to get, get in the door, make your name, make your mark. And then once you you've made a mark, then you can tell these agents, hey, look, you know, send me up for other shit. I'm bored. You know what I mean? Like, give me some, I just, I like, let's keep the money coming in, but give me some opportunities that I can, you know, stretch myself creatively. Right. That aren't obvious choices for me. So, you know, the, the, the military thing has, you know, I've, I've built a career on it and, and it's like, I mean, it, it, like I still have pinched me moments. Like the, having worked with the, these people is just insane. And, and, uh, I'm so lucky, but you know, but it's, but it's, but it, it, it's gotten me into agencies and into rooms very easily that normally, you know, there's a short list of guys that maybe get seen for certain roles. And I'm generally on that short list because I, of having worked in, you know, this world. Right. So when you go in and you tell your agent, Hey, you know, you look like you could play a cop, right. And you go in and say, look, I want to play a cop. I want to get on a show as a cop. I want to get on, you know, the next NYPD blue. I want to get on, you know, whatever it is, right? And they're then they go, oh yeah, that's that's easy. We can get them on there. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I want to make money. I want to get on. I want to get in the world. I want to get my foot in. I want to get, you know, and this is easy for me. And I've got military training and I've got weapons training, and the, you know, I'm ready to go, right? I think that's the, I think it's a good way to. I think you have to understand how to sell yourself. And what I do know, fact, is that agents and managers want to do the least amount of work possible. <laughs> yeah. You got to serve it up for them. You got to deliver it on a silver platter for them. You know, you like it's what, it yeah. with my actors here, you know, when they come to me and they they, they, they knock on the door and they, they want to be an actor, they don't know how to get started. You know, first thing I do is I do a castability survey. You know, what is it that you, what kind of roles do you see yourself playing? Well, I see myself playing a cop. I see myself playing a mob guy. I see myself playing a military. Great. Well, let's focus on that, right? And then let's find pieces of material that show you actually playing that part. Let's find that monologue of a detective or that military role. Let's rehearse it. Let's shoot it. Let's have that piece of footage, that 30 seconds of a minute of you playing yeah. a, a police officer or playing a military and wise guy and cut that into a two minute reel and have that as your calling card going, Hey, look yeah. at me. Now I'm not leaving anything to their imagination. I'm serving it up going, look, I can do this. It's right there. And, and it's a no brainer for them to sell you to, let's say an NYPD blue, they send that cop piece of material over there with your headshot. And Oh, he's a cop. He looks like a cop. Sounds like a cop. Let's bring him in. Yeah, this is this is before we got on. You know, I was saying I, th I think it's easier nowadays, right? Than we had it. Sure. So when we were when we were young guys trying to break in, you know, you had to have a monologue in your back pocket. I mean, can you you know, 
It, it, now you can look. If I was this is if I was starting out right today, this is what I do. I'd take five thousand dollars, and I'd go find my filmmaker buddies, and uh, you know, or some aspiring director from film school, and I would rent a camera, and I would uh, get a sound guy and an editor. Right. And I'd shoot a scene, a three minute scene, and I'd edit it together and I'd make it look like something that came out of a feature film. And and I'd use that tape. And that was the thing when you and I were starting. It was so hard to get tape. Remember? Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and book they, a job. <laughs> yeah. And they wouldn't see you if you didn't have tape and you couldn't get tape if you weren't in SAG and no. you couldn't get a job, you know, unless I mean, it was just like. There was this kind of, but now with, you know, in this age of technology and, and uh, you know, digital photography, you can, you can shoot your own scenes, you know, yeah. and hey, man, I mean, you know, if you, uh, you know, you don't want to play cops, maybe you look like a cop, you don't want to play cops, shoot the other character, go, you know, if that, you, but you can just, you, you can literally pave your way into into Hollywood because people will look at two minutes of tape. You yeah. Know? Listen, I, when I came out to, to Hollywood, there was ABC, NBC, and CBS. That was it. <laughs> you know, I helped start the Fox network, launch the network with my TV series back, you know, that I had with Matthew Perry. Then that was in 1987. Okay. But you know, there was HBO. That that was the big one, HBO. But then, you know, that was it. So if you wanted to get, if I wanted to, I, I literally had to book the show. Then I had to go to this guy named Jan Naturno. I don't know if you remember him. He used to record it off of uh, on a three quarter tape, and uh, then he'd he'd sell it to you on a VHS copy. Right. <laughs> you know? right. I remember all this. But but you know now you know actors have a little phone in their pocket. They got a movie studio, man. They can write. They can shoot. They can edit. They can have their own TV series on YouTube. They can have their own Vimeo uh, reels. I mean, they can reach out to casting directors through social media. They can follow them. They can let them know, show them their talent. They can build their brand. I mean, it's it, now it, it is so much easier. Plus, there's a zillion places, you know, content out there that, you know, shows. I mean, there's so much stuff out there. So why not create your own projects? I mean, you know, you said five thousand dollars. Yeah. If you wanted to go that way and, and and shoot it and you had some, you know, get some real equipment and stuff. But, you know, these fucking iPhones, today, excuse my friends, you know, the, the technology, the cameras. I mean, I have the expensive camera. You know, my my new iPhone shoots, you know, great footage. You got good lighting. You, you can you can literally do it on your iPhone. You find that right location, you get the wardrobe, you frame it right, you light it right, you know, you could do it on the cheap and have 30 seconds of you playing that character that are going to, it's going to be your calling card. I've, I went, so my, my oldest son is in film school in New York right now. And when he uh, had to submit his, his film, right, to get in or make a short film to, to submit, to um, they get accepted. We 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 spent about five grand, maybe a little bit less, but it you know. But I was like, look, dude, you know, the, you know, it's very competitive. It's very competitive, you know. You've got to do, you know, even auditioning. You know, it's like when I get an audition, and I still audition. When I get an audition, uh, I'll go out and because I also direct, but I will I direct the audition. 
Like if I'm talking to, like I did a show, I did a thing for a uh, Robert Rod- Rodriguez movie and we were in a parking lot. I had the guy, the scene guy, the, the guy that was across from me and the other, the other uh, character, the camera was over his shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. I came in really wide off of, off of La Brea, turned into this parking lot, drove into an over the shoulder, did half the scene sitting in the car, landed in an over, right? Got out of the car, came came around, turned the camera around. I mean, it. we had, it was choreographed. The sound was mixed. It was color corrected. <laughs> it, it was letterboxed. I love it. You know, I mean, that's the, that's the level of, uh, you've got to, you know, that's where. That's Why, not? Why, Why not? Why not? Exactly. You know, I tell my actors that all the time, right? Listen, it's a very, you know, it's now the doors have been open to them, right? They do have a lot more opportunity now with self tapes. If I'm a casting director and I don't know you and you're not on my list, I would probably not bring you into the room back in the day. But now, yeah, put yourself on tape. I could look at the two minutes of tape, you know, or not. But, you know, I, I'm more likely to let you into the 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 room, you know, via self tape than before walking into the room in front of a bunch of producers. Right. Now, if I have thousands of tapes that I got to go through, right, and I'm going to see the guy with the wrinkled curtain and the sides in his hand right. and the poorly lit and the thing, oh, I'm really right. going next, 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 next. But then, boom, all of a sudden, you come on screen and it's lit right it's frame right it's shot Everybody right you're giving you you i can take your footage and put it right on the fucking tv screen or right put it on the movie screen i've done your that's job exactly, for you that's exactly what my agent did she sent it in and she said tell robert to just cut this into his into the, i love that love that really man. yeah you know, you know it used to be the the headshots you used to have to have the headshot that stopped them, right? Mm-hmm. So they get us a pile of photographs. They go through them, and then they go, "Oh, wow! Here's yeah, put him on the board." Okay, keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same. You got to stop them. You know exactly. So why not take your self tapes to the next level? Any any opportunity you get, don't treat it like an audition. Treat it like you already got the job. You're on set. You're filming it. You're, you know, wardrobe, hair, makeup, lights, the whole production, give it to them, serve it up on a silver platter so they, once they see you go, oh my gosh, that's my guy, right? Because once again, they have a problem. You've solved their problem for them. You're literally giving them the performance. I don't like to look at it as an audition. I like to give them, I've already done the job. You're welcome, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Love that. So, you know, since it's changed from going into the room to self-tapes, I mean, what did, did you prefer uh, walking into the room or do you prefer self-tapes? Love self-tapes. Cool. I'm Why? I'm happy with the way it is. Because I can do it again. Because, mm-hmm. because I like, I know, sometimes, it, sometimes it's difficult to know what's reading. You know what I mean? Like, I know that I'm connected, but then sometimes I'll look at, like, I'm one of these actors that, you know, if there's an opportunity to look at playback, I, this is probably, you know, rule number one that you don't let an actor do, right? Mm-hmm. It's look, it's look at himself, watch the sure. daily playback or whatever. But but it, I don't get in my head because I'm very critical of my performance. So it's like, if something's not reading or I think I can do more something more interesting, I can look at it and be, you know, I, I make tweaks, right? Objection. Well, you know, sometimes it's good to, you know, I remember I was doing a little movie called Pretty Woman 
And and I was I was doing a scene with Richard Gere, right? And you know I'm play I play Julia Roberts' pimp in, in the film. And you know originally it was a much darker film, drugs, prostitution. It was called Three Thousand, right? And I was coming off a TV show. So I was, you know, I was doing big and I was, you know, I was the big bad pimp, you know, come, you know, having a confrontational scene with Richard Gere, I catch him in an alley and I'm threatening him, you know. So, but, you know, when I was doing it, you know, Richard Gere, this is a valuable lesson I learned from him. You know, he's, he's doing, he's standing there in front of me and he's like, it's like freaking whispering. I'm going, I'm getting nothing from this guy, you know, and I'm a big fan. I mean, I grew up watching, you know, breathless and, you know, officer and a gentleman, you know, I, I mean, he, and, and he's just literally doing nothing. And, and I'm like bouncing off the walls, I'm hands going, whatever. So the next day, Gary Marshall comes to me, he, he brings me into the dailies, he says, Kimmy, I want you to see something. And I'm standing there and I'm watching these dailies and I'm literally bouncing off the freaking screen and he's got all the power. Because he was doing nothing. And so we were talking about don't do anything. He's a he's a professional film actor. He knows he doesn't have to do anything. He knows he's mic'd. He doesn't even have to raise his voice. But me, I didn't know. You know, that was, that was one of my first films. So I'm like, bing, bing, bing. Off the, so it was a valuable lesson for me to be able to watch the LA's and go, okay, I get it. Yeah. You Less know, is more. There's, uh, I think what makes uh those movie stars and like james garner had it you know what i mean is like this sort of like they've got this kind of confidence where like you, you even if they're playing a bad guy like they don't they don't have to do much mm -hmm. they don't have to play the bad guy because they have that because you you they're so confident but it but it makes them it gives them that movie star quality right that like when you walk in a room, uh, you know, or when these guys walk in a room, they own it. Like it's, they light up the room, right? And it's, and it's like, it, it's what differentiates movie stars from leading actors, from supporting actors, from, it's like, I think it's confidence, man. And, and, you know, and, and, and it's that first moment of contact. It's like, you know, I, I remember used to, when I used to do scene work, uh, in New York in school in acting school, there was that first moment when you walk through the door, right? And, and, it, and it could be so powerful and so rich. You know, it's the same thing. I think when producers are sitting there and, and an actor walks in and he's and he owns the space and they take their glasses off and they all sort of position themselves and get ready to watch this guy because now he owns them. Mm -hmm. What I mean, I used to do this thing in auditions in the room where like I would come in and I wouldn't say much. I'd just go, Hey, you know, nice to meet you. It'd be very nice pleasure, but thank you for having me. Blah, blah, blah. Do you have any questions? I don't think so. And I'd sit down and if they were texting or they were, you know, messing with stuff or play, I wouldn't open my mouth until Every one of them was going, you know what I mean? <laughs> really? Because it gave me the power. And then I went like and I and I could look and I could look at my sides and I knew when every one of them that when I had them, and then I'd start, you know. Yeah. And, and it and it worked. It's like it it uh yeah. Yeah, you were owning the room. You know, I tell my I tell my actors, you know, there, there's a, the art of the audition, which I teach my actors here all the time. You know, your words are very powerful. 
right? Yeah. Like, you know, when you walk into the room and say, how are you doing today? And, you know, uh, I'm good. Well, cool. That's how they know you now. Good. You planted the seed of good into their brain because your word, the word good came out of your mouth. So why don't you plant a bigger seed than good? I'm amazing. Thank you. <gasps> oh, shit. I just planted an amazing seed, right? Yeah. Are you got any questions on the material? I've got this. Oh, shit. I'm pretty fucking confident. I got this. Yeah. You know, you, I literally, it's a verbal, like, Jedi mind trick. I like to play with them. And then you go in there and you leave a piece of your soul behind in that room and you make them feel something, make them laugh, make them cry, whatever the given circumstance of the scene is, and walk out confident. You know, that's it, man. Because you literally said, this is who I am. You own the room and you left a piece of you in there and you made them feel it and walked out confident. I, I teach that to my actors. They're booking jobs all the time. Because I know from my experience, every room, I, every movie poster I have in the studio, I know exactly what I did in that room, which was a, a choice to make them feel. Yeah. Like really make them feel. Like how do I make them, if it's a sitcom, how do I make them laugh more than everybody else? How do I make them cry? I, I'll give you an example. I did a movie, Crash, that one couple Academy Awards, right? So I play an LAPD officer, uh, you know, who pulls over Terrence Howard's character in the movie the second time after Matt, uh, Matt Dillon felt up uh, his wife, right? So when I pull him over, he's not too happy. And I tell him, step out of the vehicle, get down on the ground, let me see your hands, whatever. And, you know, I'm it, the scene is I'm about to shoot this guy, right? I'm about to blow his head off because, you know, he's not, he's not listening to my commands. He tells me to suck his, you know what? And I'm like, uh-uh. So Ryan Philby jumps in the line of fire and stops him from getting his head blown off, right? I said, how do I make him feel that? How do I make them feel like they're going to have a gun? They got a gun to them. Now, I can't come in with a gun, right? I can't come in with a prop gun. I can't, I can't do that, right? I didn't want to do this. Right. Get down on the ground. You know, what is this? It's a finger. You know, you're not scared, right? So I had this idea. I said, I'm going to, I had a black wallet and I took my black wallet and I pulled it out like this. And I said, you know, I held it and used it like a gun. All they saw something was black and I commanded them, get down on the ground. Let me see. And when I was finished, uh, the casting director got behind her chair and she said, that was the scariest wallet I've ever seen. <laughs> and I put my wallet back and I knew I had that part. Because yeah. in that moment, for that brief second, they didn't know what the hell was going on. They saw something black and me yelling at them, and they they were worried. And I made them feel exactly what the scene was about. Yeah. Do you do you? And this is this is a question for you as a coach. Do you uh, talk about the relationship to the camera at all? I know this is an acting studio no-no and you're supposed to pretend the camera's not there and you're supposed to, you know, but do you ever discuss how actors should be aware to a degree and then let it go maybe where the camera is and what is reading? I mean, it's like, you know, and it, this is a technicality that, you know, uh, you know, like in, when you're hitting marks or trying to, when you're doing stuff that's very technical and very specific, yeah. Um, you know, like, like, you know, I did uh, Pacific Rim for Del, for Guillermo del Toro and, and every shot of his was so specific, like you had to be here and here and hit this. And, you know, and there were these were these massive camera moves that, you know, if you weren't positioned perfectly, they'd miss you and they'd have to do it again. And Sometimes I, I, you know, I, 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 fi I find now, and it's not something that I worked on, but I find that like having worked in so many movies now, when I'm auditioning, right, I know where to be 
so that I'm getting the most out of what's being photographed. You know what I mean? I know where to put the camera. I know where to put the other actor. I know where my eyes need to be. You know what I mean? I know where to put my face in the lens so that, you know, and I don't know if it's, I mean, I'm asking you, is that something that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I teach that all the time. You know, it's, it's first off, like we talk about self taping, right? You have to become a, you know, everybody, you're a little producer, you're the wardrobe lady, you're hair and makeup, you're, you know, you're, you're the, the, the director of photography. So you got to know your frame and your, and your eyeline and your lights and, you know, how to, how to play towards camera, not looking into camera, but make it so, uh, you know, the camera's feeling what's going on with your character. So, you know, the technical aspects, I, I teach that all the time because you, you have to know that's just going to make you a better actor. I mean, that's for you. You're a director. I can hear you talking all oh, the camera pans and around it's something, you know, when, when I was studying, like you couldn't, you never talked about. Yeah, no, I teach, I, you know, I, I teach the craft. Right. You know, and, and my approach to the craft, like I studied Lee Strasberg in New York. You know, my first play was at the actor studio in New York. That's where I come from. So I'm a method actor. I'm a. You know, so that's what I teach, but I, I teach a little bit of everything. You know, I've studied, you know, I think you should create your own method, whatever works for you. You have all your tools in your toolbox, but, you know, I teach stuff that nobody teaches. I teach how to take a punch. You know, I mean, came out to Hollywood, you know, yeah. you know, one of my first, I, my first acting job was the fall guy with Lee Majors and I had a big fight scene, you know, but th- <laughs> this is like, this is so valuable. I mean, yeah. But nobody taught that. Listen, I've had my I've had my nose broken, right? For real. For real, because I went to punch an actor on I was doing a movie called Crossing the Mob, and I went to punch the actor, and the other actor went like this, and headbutted me in the face. I've had I've had Arsenio Hall forget his choreography and hit me in the face with a flashlight uh, and busted my lip. I, I mean, I've, I fought Chuck Norris. I mean, I fucked Sam Samuel Hung. I mean, I've yeah. had, you know, but during these you know, fight scenes or gunplay and stuff like that, I've gotten hurt. So I want to make sure that my actors know about gun safety, how to take a punch, you know, how to act, you know, for, for film, like, you know, so you, important. it is so important because, you know, and the other thing is like, you know, when you're a novice, it's you, you feel like you have to get as close to the other guy yeah. as possible because it's got to be as real as possible. But you don't understand that if you're, if you're throwing a punch from back here, it sells on camera, right? It's going to seem really weird to away from the guy, no. but you know, but you're right. It's, it's, uh, it's really valuable to know those things. And, and, uh, you know, and I, I studied in with uh, a gentleman named uh, Michael Howard in New York City. I don't know if you know him, but it was a, it was Strasbourg. I also went to the Neighborhood Playhouse, and I think there's value in both. Like I loved uh, the repetition, you know, idea of just yeah, kind of Meisner. yeah, the Meisner technique, and and mm-hmm. I loved Strasbourg. So, but that stuff, being in Hollywood and coming out, you're all there's you're. You are you're going to do fight scenes. It's inevitable. You're, you're going to you know, and having that kind of uh, you know coaching or, or advice is, is invaluable. Listen, I, I've been so blessed, you know, as an actor. I mean, I've 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 worked a lot. I've played every kind of character. You know, I've I've studied. You know, I've trained with the military. You know, I, I did Jerry Bruckheimer's first foray into television. 
called the uh, soldier of fortune. You know, I, I studied with, you know, trained with Harry Humphreys and, and, and Matt Siglock. And, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've had oh, some, nice. yeah, yeah. You know, but I've had that training, you know, I've trained with SWAT. I trained with LAPD. I trained with, you know, uh, NYPD, you know, I've, I've had all of this training. So now I get to give it to my students. You know, I, I've been, you know, I've had some of my best friends as stunt guy, you know, <laughs> stunt guys in the business, you know, Andy Dillon's, you know, my best friend. I mean, we met on a film, you know, we didn't, Dennis Hopper, uh, Tenth and Wolf, you know, uh, in Pittsburgh. But, you know, I, I've been around the stunt game and I've done all my stunts, you know, I mean, I've had stuntmen in the business, but, you know, I've learned so much that I want to pass that down to the next you know, actor coming up. So they don't get hurt. They know, okay, you know, I mean, listen, I, I was on a set doing a film in, in Texas and the gun wrangler came over to me and, you know, then we had these old Colt 45s and, you know, he came into the, you know, there was a like four people in a room, a small room and it was a shootout and and he shows me my Colt 45. So I said, you know, he said, you know, how, how loud are these things? You know, so I, he said, they're full loads. I go, okay, well, you know, can can you like fire it? You know, I just want to hear it, you know? So, so we were in the kitchen and he pointed it at the refrigerator. I said, point at the refrigerator then. And, and he fired it at the refrigerator and it put a dent into the refrigerator. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I go, wait a second. I said, you're going to point that at me and just put a dent in the refrigerator. I go, we got a problem here. Does that mean the projectile come out? It, I think the, it wasn't it was the pressure. It was the pressure. I think it was the pressure of the, the, the load. It wasn't a projectile, but you know, what would that do to my skin? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, these are, this is like, because, you know, historically we use like full loads. Yeah. It's put out, they put it out a lot. You know, they put out a flame sometimes. About sure. That. I've got pictures with me shooting and flames coming out of a gun, you know, I mean, even squib work. If you don't know how to use a squib, you know, and you put your, you put your head down, you get that shit in your eyes, you know. It now it's all airsoft, right? So, you know, they're, yeah. they're switching very rarely or you're going to find actual loads you know being used but I, a lot of these guys are using aerosoft and they're, they're adding vfx flames in and post and they're you know yeah but we're old school i mean we come from you know old school. <laughs> the wire hanging down your leg you know and charges coming at them blood right. you know you know those those squibs turning around and burning a hole in your skin yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you know that's that's the beauty of, of what i do what i love to do you know my passion is teaching this to so the the other actor they learn from my mistakes you know listen this is the this is the way this is the path look i've carved my path i know how to get you to where you got to go and if you listen to what i say and you go after it with a vengeance and don't let no's you know every no brings you closer to yes go get some no's get in there Get dirty, you know, be that warrior, you know, go in there and don't take no for an answer. You know, I say, you want to take the island, burn the fucking boat, no boat, there's no boat back. When I came out to Hollywood at 18 with 200 bucks in my pocket, I had a one-way ticket. Failure was not an option. When I went to look for an agent back in 1985, I had a list from the Screen Actors Guild of Agents. I had a, a paper map and a bus, and I literally went not door, knocking on doors, and I went through the A's, the B's, the C's, no, get lost, take a hike, boom. I kept banging on a door, banging on a door. I finally found an agent at Y, the Yenez Talent Agency. I had to go through all the no's to get one yes, and oh. that one yes 
was an agent, rinky-dinky agency, but he got me my first audition, which was for an episode of The Fall Guy, which I used to watch on as a kid in Brooklyn, going fantasizing that, oh, I'm going to be an actor. This, I'm gonna, this is what I'm going to do. And, and it's like I manifested it, my first audition. It's for a guest star on the TV series The Fall Guy, and the character's name is Billy. Yeah. Yeah, and he's a and, and he's and he's a trouble. He's a leader of a gang who's bullying kids to deal drugs. I mean, right. I, if you can't, you can, that's the biggest manifest job ever. I got in there, and and I learned very early on. Like I tell you, funny stories is. I had a scene and I'm threatening this kid and I'm telling, let me tell you something about me. I'm either going to be your friend or your enemy. So it's up to you. And you better remember your bodyguard's not around to protect you. Now, I didn't know any better. So I grabbed the casting director out of her chair and I started training her and she went, time out, time out. She goes, time out. She goes, number one. She goes, never, ever, ever do that again. I go, I'm sorry. It's my first audition. She goes, you never, ever put your hands on a casting director. She goes, number two. She goes, not, you're not leaving town, are you? I go, no, why? She goes, because you got the part. <laughs> I go, <laughs> she goes, uh, she goes, you can't tell the other actors in the lobby because I got to read them out of courtesy. I said, okay. I walked out into the lobby. I said, go home. She told me I got the job. Uh, right. But I, I, you know, and got me Taff Hartley, got me into the Screen Actors Guild, got me a little money to to get an apartment, right? And got my career off, right? But the valuable lesson I learned was, I asked her, why'd she give me the, gave me the part? She said, you scared the crap out of me, kid. <gasps> Light bulb, what was the scene about? The given circumstances of the scene was I was trying to put fear into another kid. And if he didn't deal drugs, I was going to beat him up. For that brief moment, I made that cast and director feel exactly what the, the scene was about. So I, I've applied that in every audition. Read that script and go, why did the writer write this? What am I supposed to make him feel? And make him feel, make him feel that. Yeah. How does it drive, how is it driving the story, right? Is yeah. It, how do you fit in? Picture? Why is this like, you got a guy with, you know, I don't know, like sometimes he's, you know, these parts are at the beginning, you're going to go up from under fives, right? So you got five lines. How is this five? How are these five lines? facilitating right the the, the 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 moving the scene forward and that's all you have to put into it right that's it it's like so you don't know what the purpose of the of the character is and you know i it's funny it's like my kid is uh you know he's in his last year my oldest and he how many kids do you have have two. two so yeah one wants to be a director and the other wants to be in the film business on the business side Cool. Yeah. So, but I'm having these conversations, especially now with my oldest, who's like in this last year, uh, like last night he called me. He's like, Dad, I, you know, what, what should I do when I get out of school? What's the, you know, and so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm advising because you know, one woman he was, you know, had I think she was a studio executive you know, had maybe suggested that he come work for them. But I was like, you can't, I don't think that's a good idea because that's not the world you want to be in. And you have to be ready to pick up and go do a movie or be able to take off three weeks and go shoot your film, your student film, right? Like you've got to position yourself so that, you know, you, you're free to keep making your films. And, and you know, as an actor, I think it's a bad move to get into stunts, right? I think it's a bad move to do extra work. I I think it's a, you know, I think that it's a better move to 
find your tribe and to and to make short films, right? Like audition for, you know, student films. There's a lot of these films coming out of USC and these film schools are amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're getting tape and you're working with actors and film young filmmakers and you're meeting people. It's all meeting people, right? Like at this point in my career now, I would say that 75% of my work comes from guys that I've already worked with. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, like really, like it's like all you know. Hey, what's Martini doing? See if he wants to come do. You know. Yeah, but you know why? Because not only you're a talented actor, but you're a really nice guy, and I want to I want to work with you, right? It's not like you know, like we were saying earlier. I mean, I've worked. With, I've been in this. I work with a lot of A list actors, right? And some of them are real assholes. I don't want to work with them again, right? It's all about your reputation in Hollywood and your connections in Hollywood. And, you know, it, it spreads, you know, fast. Like, this guy's an asshole. I don't want to work with this guy anymore. Yeah. Right? If you're going to go to war, I'm going to want somebody in the trenches that I know has got my back and, and that is going to come and we're going to go go to battle together. I don't right. need somebody who's going to, you know, be in their hotel room getting high and like, where is he? I'm losing money. I'm losing the light. I need this. Where's my actor? Oh, well, he can't find his wardrobe right now. What happened? You know, yeah. I mean, it's like I've been there. I, I produced a film and I had that scenario and it cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars because i had an actor that was a problem actor so you have to you know your reputation is everything your relationships are everything so you know it's really about doing the work and being prepared and professional and knowing that i can count on you on the day that you're going to be there and i like you what's the number one thing that actors young actors ask you like in terms of breaking in like how what, what what question do you get all the time? How do I get an agent? How do I get an agent? Yeah, that's usually the biggest one. How do I get an agent? Or how do I get started? Yeah. You know, and and and, and I teach them. I know first it's all you want an agent? Okay, well, first you gotta pay your dues. You gotta go, you gotta go to work. Okay, like you did. You started a theater, you started doing plays, you got a a good foundation of the craft, you studied the craft, right? You know, like you mentioned, yeah, get go find your tribe, you know, make some films, write some scripts. I mean, today technology, you can, I mean, I don't even want to say it, but you can go to chat GBT and say, write me a scene about two guys in a bar. One guy's a military vet. One guy's a, a scientist. Boom. It's going to spit one out. And then you can go in there and re, rework it, tweak it, change that, whatever. I mean, even if you're not a writer, like you can actually buy, get a piece of material this quick, Right. Get some friends, rehearse it, shoot it, boom, boom. Now now you're making movies. So let me give you, so, you know, I, I went about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I was at, uh, I went to a three-day conference, uh, panel discussions, they and uh, with, with TV, studio TV executives, showrunners, writers, et cetera, right? And uh, one of the panels was about AI. And this showrunner, you could tell he was very uncomfortable, but he said, look, you know, it gives you something. It's a tool that you can use that can be, you know, useful, right? It, 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 structurally, it's very good. And, and it'll give you, uh, you know, a starting point. But what AI doesn't give you is uh, a scarred childhood, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, street smarts. Or, you know, so so you have to instill the, the, the you know, the humanity into the, mm-hmm. the story, right? But but it, but you're right. Like, 
I mean, it's 2023. And, you know, if you can uh, type in a few, like, you know, I want to do whatever, give me an action movie in the style of, you know, Michael Bay and this and blah, blah, blah. And it pumps out and then you can make it better. Mm. Amazing. You know, yeah. you got all these things to try. Like there's a, there's a, a program that, so I did the last kind of like big film that I did. It was a small, big film, but it was called the Tinder bar, right? For, uh, and George Clooney directed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, yeah. I remember you, you, didn't you like punch, uh, what's his name in the face? That beat the shit out of Ben Affleck. Yeah. yeah ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> like a man. Um, <laughs> But he, but the the kid that I played the father to Ty share Ty, uh, I think of it Ty. I think of it in a second. He started a company that uh, the first round of funding was thirty million dollars. Spielberg's now on his his board of directors. DreamWorks did a deal with, and it's basically a technology that you and I, I can shoot a a scene with you and I on an iPhone or on a on a you know a red. And I can input the footage through this program, replace you with a robot or a dog or a gorilla. And it mimics your facial expressions. It mimics the way the light hits you. It mimics, it replaces you perfectly in the frame. And it's $90 a month. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, that scares you know, me. Let, you know, let's get, let, can we let's talk about that for a second. So, so you know, we're in in the midst of you know we've had quite a few strikes. We had the writer strike. You know, that's over. But now you know we're in day 118 of the Screen Actors Guild you know strike. And you know, one of the big things we're fighting for is this you know protection from AI because it is a little scary. For ninety dollars, you can do that. I mean, imagine what you can do for like you know, I mean, they can. Say, hey, you know, I mean, they want to hire a background artists and they want to go, well, we're going to scan your image and we're going to use you for in perpetuity before whatever we want. I mean, they're going to put those actors that, you know, fill the airport or that restaurant scene out of work. I, I highly. Yeah, that's it's terrifying that that yeah. th that element scares me. What what excites me is that you can make these kinds of movies now for 90 bucks you can add the your vfx in right and it's like i mean back in the day you needed a team sure and and uh create you know right. so i mean so for a young filmmaker like my kid it's a, it's a really i mean it's a you know I, and I told him i was like listen dude nobody is going to be putting out movies uh you know as their thesis film using animation and vfx and this kind of thing yeah, like you got to do it yeah very cool and this is a calling card like for to to step into hollywood because now you go hey here's a here's my short film that's half animated or you know you know, when Zemeckis was using that kind of, I uh, forget the term, it's like animation, but he uses actors and animates them afterwards. Yeah. But really interesting that that's available to young filmmakers now. But you're right. They they want to, I mean, you know, I read today that they want, the studios want to, uh, you know, take scans of actors that have passed and bring them back into movies and there's no royalties to the families. There's no. That's, that's ridiculous. It's crazy that they can actually do that. But we I need mean, to figure it out because that's where we're headed, right? Listen, I, I'm 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 I just finished writing a film. Um, well, actually, with 
he directed you, George Gallo. Yeah. Yeah. So, so George, you wrote, you wrote it with George. Yeah, me and George wrote a film based on my life. So yeah, based I love on your George. life. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm going to be making this film. And, but, you know, there's, there's, there, there's, uh, you know, like I got bit by the acting bug when I was, when I was 11 years old, they were filming a movie in my neighborhood in Brooklyn. I was a little boy coming down the street and I saw all the cameras in the trucks and David Proval and James, they were filming a movie in my block and they had a bungalow and they set up base camp on my block. So, you know, I was a little boy coming home from the park and I ran, I saw all the trucks and the cameras like, well, what's going on here? <laughs> We're making a movie. I go, how do you get in a movie? I want to be in a movie, you know? So, so Morgana King, who played Marlon Brando's wife in The Godfather, she showed me a picture in a resume. I ran home, took a Polaroid picture, wrote some shit down on a piece of loose leaf paper, ran down the street, said, here's my picture and resume. She got a kick out of it. She said, oh, go, you know, give it to the director. The director said, go home, kid, you know, get your parents. You know, we're going to stick you in a movie. I ran home. Mom, mom, they're going to stick me in the movie. She's like, you stay in the house. You don't work in a movie. They make it. Long story short, I ran down, told the director, my mother doesn't believe you. You got to. And I dragged him to the house. And he said, you know, hi, my name is Paul Williams. I'm the director of this movie. Uh, we want to put your son in the film. Um, you know, we're going to we're going to pay him. My mother goes, you're going to pay him? Go ahead, take him. <laughs> so so I show up. I was background, but I show up and there's another kid in the film that was a, a, one of the, you know, had a big part in the film. Uh, and he looks just like me and I'm 11. So when I showed up to set, everybody thought I was him. So they were calling me Glenn and they gave me the powder on my nose and I got craft services and I sat in a chair and, and while well, all the extras over there, I, I played along. Yeah, I'm Glenn, you know, but I got, I got bit by the bug. Right. So, so a, a year later they were filming Saturday night fever in my neighborhood and I watched John Travolta, you know, Vinnie Barbarino come out of his trailer and I watched him film and I got his autograph and the girl screaming girls. And I was like, this is when I really, I was like, I want to be, I want to do that, you know? But I want to cast John in the film playing himself, but I want to de-age him back to and recreate the scene in the movie from Saturday Night Fever. George but, just did a, a movie with him. I mean, uh, they're... They yeah, books, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I want to get... And I want Al Pacino to play my father. So, I mean... Uh, I, and I'm going to win two Oscars, one for Best Picture and one for Best Original Screenplay. I'm just putting Come it out. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, George Gallo did uh, Midnight Run. Yeah, that was great. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Yeah. So talented. That's exciting. I love yeah, it. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. That's that's my baby. I've been giving birth to it. So I can't wait to, to you know, I want the strike to be over so I can make a movie. Me too. You know? Me too. Hey, so so I, I know you, final question. You know, if you could go back, right, and give the little you, right, some life advice, right, about life, what would it be? I think it would be to not change a thing, you know, and and I say that because, you know, I had probably like you and so many others had a, you know, a, a difficult uh, upbringing, difficult childhood, difficult road you know i was on my own at 16 i was like living in new york city trying to you know jumping turnstiles and hustling and like you know we had the same childhood <laughs> yeah man yeah but you know but it it makes uh it gives you life experience and it gives you uh substance and things to draw from right and it's like you know m you know bring to the room what you know right like mm -hmm. it's 
it's uh, without that, I don't know what you what you talk about. You got to bluff your way through it. You know what I mean? It's like you got to draw from what you know and what you have. And you know, even if you didn't have that kind of a past, it's still you got to use what you got. And uh, and if you find yourself wanting to be part of a creative world where you know your job is to make connect with with other people that you don't know emotionally then you must have some something to say right and so uh that's what i would say because i remember growing up i kept thinking you know fuck i wish it was different i wish i had this i wish i had that you know look on this guy's this kid's over here he's got this and you know, I remember being really envious of other kids and what they had. And, and uh, but but looking back, I think what I had was golden, you know, mm. and uh, and so, yeah, that's what I would say. I yeah. love that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm I ran away from home at 15, broken home, abusive parent. You know, there was a lot of stuff. I mean, I was running the streets, you know, I saw my best friend get shot in the head in front of me when I was 16, you know. I look back at all that now and I'm really grateful for it because, you know, my mess is my message now. I had to go through everything I had to go through to become who I am today. The teacher I am today, the father I am today, the husband I am today. I had to go through it. So I used to think it was a, like it happened to me. Now I know it happened for me. It was all a gift. Everything that happened was a gift. You know, even some of my darkest moments, those times is where I grew the most. So I'm, I'm truly grateful for everything that happened to me in my life. And my, you know, today I'm celebrating my 57th birthday. I never thought I'd make it to 18. So I am so grateful. <laughs> I woke up and I'm like, wow, what a beautiful life that I have. So um, I'm super grateful. And I'm, I'm really grateful to you. I, I know I, I, I mean, we met, you know, a couple of days ago and I was like, you know, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And, and then I threw this at you last minute. So I'm really grateful that you came on and, and shared your wisdom and knowledge on the podcast. Well, I'm so, so excited to uh, have been part of it. And, you know, and I hope that, uh, I hope that uh, the advice is, uh, is, uh, you know, valuable for somebody. So Thank you for having me. Man. So I'm just putting this out there. So I, I actually, I put an Instagram post out the other day, right? Uh, I was at a restaurant in the pizzeria in the, in the Valley, right? And I ran into Danny Trejo at the restaurant, right? And I saw him, sit, you know, over there and, you know, I'm a fan of his work. So I walked over to him and I introduced myself and I said, Danny, you know, it's a, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of your work. It's a pleasure to meet you, whatever. And I said, I'm an actor too. And I said, you know, one of these, I'm surprised we haven't worked today. You know, one of these days we're going to, we're going to work together. And he kind of laughed or whatever. And, you know, I went down and sat and ate my pizza. You know, shortly after I get cast opposite him in a film and I go to the table reading and I look at him, he's across the seat, you know, the chair from me. And I go, remember me? <laughs> so, so I truly believe the power of the word. You speak stuff into existence, you know, especially if you have, you're going after it with a vengeance. Yeah, I'm going to go get that. So I'm, t I'm telling you right now, me and you're going to work together. Do it. All right. I look forward to it. I'll call George. All right. <laughs> Max, seriously. Hey, Thanks for having me. Thank you, brother. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. My I'm pleasure. Our brother. All right. Take care. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.